What's going on? What's going on? It's the Tamale Mafia podcast, the place where everything and nothing collide. You can't bring me to my knees again. I am your host, Aaron, and uh, it's just another Monday in the Tamale Mafia universe. Yes, yes, yes it is. What's going on, my people? What's going on? Oh, man. So, uh, it's been quite an interesting week. Um, and, uh, look, man, I, uh, I wear glasses, right? Um, and, you know, I've had contacts before and sometimes I wear contacts, but not that often. Um, especially right now, like the last few weeks, you see this? I've been trying to, uh, I've been trying to deal with this allergy season and I know when I listen back to the podcast and I'm like, man, it sounds like you've got a mouthful of rocks. So I apologize for that. I am trying to drink tea, some tea, um, tonight, today I'm filming, uh, filming, recording this at night. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm trying to, uh, trying to drink some tea this time to keep the old pipes loose because this allergies thing is, uh, real obnoxious. And so I apologize if my voice has been, uh, grating. (laughs) I also apologize because I realized over the past um, couple of episodes, my audio has been messed up. I have fixed that. I've been slowly um, piecing a studio together and um, coming up, you know, finding new equipment and new ways and better ways to uh, to do this. But I, I used to record this thing and then um, edit in all the music later. And that just, it's hard to get into the feel of it and, and really interact with music whenever you're just pretending it's there and then adding it later. Um, and it makes for like fade, fading in and out and transitions and stuff really difficult. So um, that requires a lot of more, a lot more editing. So what I'm, what I'm doing now is I've pieced together a studio where I can produce everything as it's happening. And that requires much less editing on the backside. So I really just got to cut out like major um, failures, you know, where I'm like paused for an extended amount of time trying to type something in or, you know, there's some kind of background noise that I'm contending with and that's a distraction and I got to cut that out because it just took too much time to let it pass or whatever. So there's very few like major edits that happen now. But anyway, in the process of all that, I realized over the last couple of weeks that my audio has been um, messed up. And so it's been split left and right um, with my my voice on one side and the music on the other side. I'm supposed to fix that in edit, but uh, I have forgotten the last couple of episodes to do that. And then when I listen back to it, I'm like, oh, yeah. So what I did was I went out and... Uh, I got a couple of things to solve that problem. So hopefully we're we're not recording on separate separate sides of the studio here where we're on both sides at once. So that'll 
cut down my editing time even more. I don't know. You, I know you guys don't really care about this stuff, but I started out saying that I, I normally wear glasses. <laughs> and um, what had happened was the other day, Friday, yeah, Friday, I was on my way to work and I was on the early shift and it was like, I mean, when I say early shift, it's just me, you know. My boss is like, the chief will be like, uh, hey, when do you want to work? And I tell him, basically, it's kind of how it works. He gives me a, a target, and then I land somewhere in that target. But uh, we had some some special requests, really, for uh, some people were like, hey, can you come sit in front of my house early, early in the morning? Um, just, you know, for security purpose or whatever. So I did. Um, and so I was like a five, five AM shift and it was like, I saw a raccoon the whole time I was out there, <laughs> but I had that raccoon on radar at three miles an hour. So I pulled him over and, uh, told him he needed to slow it down. But anyway, um, so what had happened was I was on my way to work and I was fiddling with my glasses and it was okay. It was 5 AM. I had maybe gotten a couple hours of sleep. I maybe wasn't thinking straight. I don't know. I did something. I moved something and it popped and like my glasses broke. And I was like, okay, great. So I went to work blind, (laughs) Um, which I'm not super blind, but enough to be for it to be like, is that a raccoon or a dog or a cat or a bear? What am I looking at? A small child? I don't know. And I got to take a closer look, you know? Um, so that's not cool. But, uh, what I, what I did was I, I was like, oh yeah, I got some, some contacts, right? Um, and so I put the contacts in and, uh, it, man, if these, uh, contacts, one was like good because I had, I, <laughs> I had one that had not opened and I had one that had been opened. I don't know how that happened. I don't know how I ended up with one that had not been opened and one that, I don't know. But the one that had been opened was a mess. It like I stuck it in my eye. It was burning. I was like, oh, it's probably got fungus on it, you know. Um, I tried to wash it. I stuck it back in my eye. It kept falling out. It was just a mess. My eye was all red. Um. So I uh, today sometime I had this I had this uh, this contact in, and um, it something with like my eye was itching or something. So I scratched my eye and I felt it like shift. I was like, Oh no. So, you know, that feeling was like, now you got something in your eye and it sucks because it's not in the right spot and it hurts really bad. So I went, I went upstairs and, uh, I, I pulled it out cause I was going to reset it. And it was like in pieces. <laughs> so, I was like, okay, now what? Well, I, I looked in the uh, in the old mirror, and um, I didn't feel too bad about what I was seeing. So I kind of looked around. I was like, oh, I can still kind of see. Um, and lo and behold, I went the entire day with one contact in and one contact out, kind of walking around like one-eyed Willie. Um, and it's okay. It's not too bad. So... Um, 
I think I'm going to do the the one-eyed Willie thing. <laughs> I, th- I think I'm going to do the one-eyed Willie thing maybe until I can figure out how to get these glasses fixed or, or just run down to the old um, place uh, and see if they'll hook me up with some emergency contacts to get me through the week until these, this thing gets fixed. But anyway, that's that. Um, yeah, hang on. Let's see. We need some tunes, guys. We we ran out of tunage. Okay. We ran out of tunage. Here we go. can find the tamale mafia podcast uh on spotify yeah did you know that man i mean uh i don't know what you're listening on are you on itunes podcast do you want to switch over to something else are you like hey man i'm listening on itunes but i can't freaking stand itunes i wish this podcast was on something else well guess what buddy you're in luck you can go over to Spotify. You don't like Spotify? Try Podcast Addict. You don't like things that say uh, that have to do with uh, addiction? Go to Overcast or SoundCloud. Hey, or you can go over to YouTube, search up the Tamale Mafia podcast, and find our YouTube channel and listen there to the audio version. And, uh,. Maybe soon we'll have some video, a video version. Hmm? Hmm? Maybe. But hey, if you needed more information about the Tamale Mafia podcast, you can go to facebook.com forward slash Tamale Mafia and you'll find nothing about the Tamale Mafia podcast other than links to the current episodes. But, you know, whatever, whatever you need. Dude, and before I go any further, I just got to remind you, please like us, share us, comment, tell your buddies, you know, send a link on over to your ex-mother-in-law, be like, yo, bitch, check this shit out. That's enough of that. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I have to do that, but I'm told I do. And who told me that? I did. Okay. So uh, what's been going on? What else has been going on? Oh, yeah. So um, one of the things that's probably going to be a, a become a normal part of this podcast that I haven't really talked about too much yet is that my son is obsessed with fishing. Dax, who was on the, uh, he's been on episodes here before co-hosting. He's obsessed with fishing. So, if pretty much if I'm not working, sleeping, running errands, or doing some yard work, I'm f- somewhere fishing. 
because that's what that's all he wants to do is go fishing, which is fine. It's a good hobby. It's it's a healthy hobby. It's I mean, it can get expensive, but it's really not that expensive of a hobby. Um, and uh, you know, if ever need be, then uh, we can switch over from the catch and release program to the catch and dinner program because you know. Well, daddy's got to eat. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, um, so we go fishing a lot, and we've got several now places that we go that we like, depending on the weather, depending on the kind of the distance, where we're headed, you know, if it's on the way. We've got things, you know, places that we can go. Um, And so we've got this kind of new spot that we've been hitting that's really, it's like a city park but it's got a really nice pond that's really active. So when we're kind of like, mm, do I really want to go like, you know, sit on the bank and and wait it out and wonder, you know, if they're hitting or not, we can go to this city park where they're just you know, uh, there just there's a lot of action there most of the time. And and it doesn't get too crowded, so so we go over there and uh, it was kind of crowded, man. And so I was like, dude, if it's, I hope it's not too crowded because the weather's beautiful. And if it's crowded, uh, we may not hang around, you know, we may try to find a hike over to the other side or something, but there's got this really nice, like dock pier kind of thing with that's covered with benches and it's just real convenient to sit there and, and fish, um, where you don't have to like hike and kind of get back in the woods and stuff. So we go down there to the little pier thing uh, and there, it's not too crowded. There's, there's some, a couple of people sitting there, but what I didn't realize was that these people that were sitting there were waiting for somebody else who was coming like with a bunch of other people and a bunch of fishing gear. <laughs> and so we had luckily we kind of perched in there first, you know, we got in there first. Um, and if you're familiar at all with fishing etiquette, you don't just like walk up and take somebody's fishing spot. So if I'm standing in a spot fishing, you know, it's just a courtesy that you don't walk up and stand right next to me and fish in my hole. You know what I mean? You got to get it. I don't know what the rule is, but over there somewhere, you know, <laughs> go over there, just get out of here. Uh, and so this guy, he came down and he had a bunch of kids with him and he seemed a little, maybe a little bit annoyed, um, I don't know, maybe if we were there. He he was like, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go back on the other side. This guy had like professional gear, he had Bluetooth headphones, like over the ear headphones, like I don't know what he was listening to, if it was some kind of like Be the fish <laughs> you know, something in his head. Are you at a pond right now? Can you See the water. Does it. Does it look. Inviting. (laughs) Anyway. I don't know what he's listening to. But he's got these Bluetooth headphones. He's. You know. So he trucks off across the the pond. He shows up on, on the other side later. Meanwhile there's like a lady. And she's trying to get these kids to. Figure out how to bait their hooks. And they're all like what do we do? And there's like an older teenage guy, maybe young twenties guy who's there. He's kind of like trying to help him out. 
and they're just fishing, you know. But they throw the thing in, throw their line in, immediately yank it back out. They, they, you know, they're just kids. They're just doing their thing. Anyway, from across the the pond, you see uh, the dad guy. He caught a bass, like a nice, a nice sized bass, not huge, a nice sized bass. Immediately, all the kids are like, "We need to go over there. That's where the fish are." <laughs> and the mom was like, "Well, go on, get your stuff and go over there." <laughs> and so I was laughing, man, because I was thinking, "What is this guy's? This poor bastard just wanted to go fishing." And I can—I was just thinking back. I was telling Dax, like, "This is how this guy. This guy. Can you imagine how his day started? I mean, he—he he was like, oh, it's my day off, busting ass.'" Boss has been riding my ass all week. I'm under stress. I got traffic. I got project deadlines. I'm just, oh man, I just want to go fishing. And as he says that, the wife was like, "Um, if you go fishing, we're all going fishing. It is family fun day." <laughs> I just, I just could like picture him like just, just diminishing his spirit. Just, ooh. <laughs> this is it's family fun day. If you want to go fishing, we're all going fishing together. <laughs> and then there was like an old lady there too. So I was thinking, Grandma, right? Uh, oh, and by the way, my mother called. <laughs> She's coming into town. She'll be here at 2 p.m. We're just going to wait for her, and she's going to go with us. She 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 packed a lunch. <laughs> this poor bastard just wanted to go fishing. Just get some get some like clean air in his lungs. Just whatever his uh, Bluetooth headphones just pumping positive messages into his head <laughs> about his uh his worth, his self-worth or whatever, you know, you are a man. You are intelligent and you're handsome and you're loved. <laughs> He's just trying to pump his, his head, whatever his messages into his head or his Kenny Loggins or whatever he's listening to in, in, in his Bluetooth headphones as he's uh, jigging for bass and he just looks across and he's like, I could, you know, he's standing there on that little, on the little pier on the little dock area. Uh, and he's got all these kids just, Dad, you know this? what do I do? Daddy, hey, Dad, come here. Dad, can, I, can you help me with it? And it's just like, he's just like looking across the pond. <laughs> and he sees this, this area the, on the direct opposite side of the pond. And he's just like, I need to be there. <laughs> that's, that's where I'm going And he just goes He's like Family fun day But I'm going to take a walk around the <laughs> the perimeter <laughs> He tells her I'm going to take a walk around the perimeter She goes okay And so he takes a walk around the perimeter He ends up on the, the exact opposite side of where the family is He's over there fishing Having a grand time I, I can imagine he's just like Oh my god This is really what I needed and then he catches this fish. He's like so excited. He catches this fish and he holds it up. He whistles across the pond to his family and he holds up this fish that he's so proud of. And they're all, all the kids are like, we're going over there. <laughs> and the mom's like, 
yes, get all your stuff and go over there. <laughs> I was like, this poor guy, man. He's gonna. All these kids are gonna invade his little quiet space, and uh, I could just see him like turning up the volume on his Bluetooth headphones, man. Next thing you know, the the whole family migrated, and there's like an area not at where he was where he caught the bass, but if you go like a quarter of a way back around the pond to the to the right, there's like a a flat. I think it's concrete. It maybe have been like designed to be a boat ramp at one time, but it's not used. It's just a piece of like kind of concrete there. Um, anyway, he was standing over there and he's got, you see all the kids, the wife was over there, the dog, the grandma, they were all over there. Now they're all on this piece of concrete. And the kids are screaming and hollering and uh, just creating a ruckus. And this, this, <laughs> this poor guy, I told I looked at Dax and I said, Dax, look how far away he how far on the edge he is. His family was like all on the concrete. This guy like I swear to you, he was ankle deep in water. <laughs> he was like as far away from the family as he could possibly get and still be on that piece of concrete. I was like, in ten more minutes, this guy's gonna be waist deep in the water. <laughs> oh, that poor bastard. I just felt so bad for him. I was like, you know that's not how he planned his day. He just seemed so defeated and so frustrated to be there. They were in separate vehicles. Like, everybody came in different vehicles. So it was like, I was, I mean, the guy probably left the house and was like, hey, I'm going fishing. And then maybe the wife was like, oh, you think you're just going to leave and go fishing like that? We're all going. And then she just loaded everybody in the car and was like, followed him over there. I don't know, man. It was. It seemed really like it was not what he wanted his day to, uh, how he wanted his day to go. And so he, um, they all packed up and left, right? Well, he stayed sitting in his truck in the like little grass parking area way after everybody else left. He just was sitting there just staring at the sun. <laughs> uh this thing, this is my life now. Ah. <laughs> oh man. But uh yeah, we do a lot of we do a lot of fishing. And so tonight, um I'm like I said, I'm recording this on Sunday, but uh so it's Monday for you, Sunday for me. Uh Sunday Dax and I went to this private pond. Um he's this kid he was like, if he sees a pond that he wants to fish in when we're driving around, he'll just remember it. He'll go back there. Um, like there's this one pond, a really nice pond that's kind of near where he lives. He just rode his bike over there and knocked on their door and was like, Hey, can I fish in your pond? And, uh, they gave him permission and they're real nice folks. <laughs> they give him pancakes and stuff when he goes over there. Anyway, we were over there fishing tonight. That's where he wanted to go. So we go over there fishing and we're going to fish for catfish. And that was kind of the plan. Well, Dax has this rule that's uh, because he wants to make sure that the, that the, the bait is taken and he wants to make sure that that hook is, is ready to be set. And it's not just a fish chasing with chasing around or kind of nibbling around. He wants to, to make sure the thing is set so his rule is, if your line is being tugged on, then you can't you can't touch that rod 
if it's sitting up leaning against something or laying on the ground and that starts to move, like the line starts to tug, you can't touch it for three seconds. There has to be a solid connection of pull, like a solid pull for three seconds before you can grab that rod and set that hook and start reeling in, okay? And it normally works. I mean, it's like, I would say 99% of the time it works. Um, he catches way more fish than, than I or anybody else that we're ever around. Usually he's just pulling fish in like crazy, so he knows what he's doing. But uh, so he's got this rule. You can't touch the rod for three seconds. You know, if it just kind of tugs and pulls a little bit, like like a little tug, and then nothing, then don't touch it. Just leave it. Anyway, so we're we're hanging out there. He was he he had my knife, and he was whittling on a piece of stick. He was he was making a shank. Okay, I don't ask any questions. I don't know why he's making a shank, but he's making a shank. And um, I was I had my rod set up, and I was like on my phone or something. Yeah, I was playing a game on my phone. And this, uh, I see his fishing pole start to move, like, like sliding across the ground towards the water. And I was like, hey, dude, your, your rod's moving. <laughs> and he just kind of looked at it and it just started, there it goes again. You know, it's like takes off, like towards the waters, like the water's edge, like it's just going. And I go, there it goes. And we both just stood there and watched this thing just go into the water. <laughs> I was like, what the? Like, immediately, within like a half second, I see this blur of a gray T-shirt, red shorts, and brown skin just blur, just fly past my periphery and cannonball into the water, <laughs> into, the, into the pond. Just... I mean, he was like, went from just watching this rod just into the water, and then he just flies. He just, he took like two step, a two step thing and just flew into the water and did a, like a cannonball. And then his little head is bobbing above the water, and he, he, he's like, I got it. <laughs> oh, he's like, oh, I got it. And he, he starts to come back, and he's like holding the rod up and, He's trying to get back up to the shore, and he's like, I, it has a fish on it. I got the rod and the fish. <laughs> and so he starts reeling in. He pulls in this really nice, like, three-pound catfish. It was the funniest thing ever, man. I was crying. La I was laughing so hard because I just I was not expecting, first of all, for his rod to just, for him to just stand there and let his rod go in the water. I was like, why did you just stand there and let that happen? And he was like, three-second rule. I wanted to make sure that the fish was on. <laughs> I was like, damn, dude, that is some dedication to your craft, right? I mean, if your rod's going in the water, I'd say the water's edge is where the three-second rule ends. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how many seconds it takes to get from, from dry land to in the water, but if it's three seconds, that, that rule's o over, you know? Um, but, man, it was uh, a lucky day for him, and... And that uh, uh, <laughs> that fish, I guess, because I mean, otherwise his rod would have been in the water. That fish would have been trekking that thing around. <laughs> oh man! But uh, 
yeah, he he jumped in, and I mean, I don't even know how he timed that, but he was he was like, well, I didn't I didn't guess Fisher that fast. I was like, really? He was like, oh man, yeah, they are pretty fast. I was like, damn, dude, that's pretty wild. But uh, hey, where's my uh? Hang on, where's Okay. Yeah. All right, man. I'm going to take a little break here. When I come back, I want to talk about the idea of the word immerse and why I have it tattooed on my arm. All right. Right after this. Can I find the podcast I'm listening to? <laughs> how do you not know? Come on, somebody tell me. How do you not know where to find this podcast if you're listening to me right now? Was it, is it any good for me to tell you where to find it? If you're not listening, you're not listening, right? I mean, come on. This doesn't it doesn't make any sense. But everybody does it. Did I tell you we have a new YouTube channel? <laughs> oh, where you can listen to the audio. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Podcast Addict, Overcast, SoundCloud. Overcast and SoundCloud, are they kind of like, was Overcast like, I don't know, something there, Stormy? Is there a Stormy podcast player? Stormy Sounds. And of course, you can find us on our host site. Shows.pippa.io. Oh, slash Tamale Mafia. I can't read. And uh, for more information about the Tamale Mafia podcast, find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tamale Mafia. If you don't know how to spell Tamale Mafia, I'm sorry. But I'll help you out here. T A M A L E M A F I A. All right. Enjoy this tune from Ben Sound. So, um, so I got this tattoo and here's what I was kind of thinking about it because, um, Dax's dive into the water <laughs> reminded me of why I got this tattoo. Not because he dove into the water as a child, as a younger child or anything like that, but the idea of going all in, okay, being committed, being so committed to what you're doing to your cause, to your thing, that you 
completely submerge yourself. Submerge? Yeah. Submerge yourself. Submerse. Ugh. Time for some tea. Who's calling me? Hello? Yes. That's me. Jason. The, the original. The one and only. Dude, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm 33 minutes into recording my podcast episode for tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, man. But, dude, I mean, I'll take a break for Jason Alcorn anytime. Get back into this. Oh, where were we? Man. So my phone rang, and I answered the phone. And it was a buddy I haven't talked to in a long time. And uh, we talked for, uh, like, two hours. <laughs> like an hour and a half. <laughs> and... uh so I have no idea where I was at when I left off, when the phone started ringing, but I think I was just about to start talking about um, the idea of immersion and uh, how Dax's little dive had reminded me about the idea of going all in, like being completely sold out to what you're working on and what you're a part of and what you want to do. Um, so the thing that matters to you the most, you, uh, you know, you go all in. Um, but... So I have this tattoo on my arm that says immerse, which is like the idea of going all in. But when I got the tattoo, it had a little more, um, had a a lot more of a spiritual kind of meaning uh, behind it. And I I won't really go into, into all that, but the concept, I guess, is what I'm going to, what I want to hit because what happened with me um, and this kind of picking up on what I've been talking about with my pursuit of wanting to be whole and wanting to be um, the best kind of the best man that I can be and the best human that I can be. Um, I was really trying to like I was chasing that sense of wholeness and healing. Um, and there's a story in the Bible. Uh, now, I was raised religious and I'm not very religious now, but I have a relationship with God, I think, um, or I have an understanding of what a relationship with God would look like, I think. <laughs> um, but I'm not a very religious person um, at this point in my life, and so you probably won't hear me talk a lot about religion in that in the context of a religious person, I maybe talk more about it like in my past or uh, referring to things that I've done or listened to or said or been a part of or whatever. Um, but this particular story this is one of my favorite stories. It's in the Bible. It's a story of Jonah. And he was this guy that God, I guess, uh, told 
hey, go go preach to these people. And he didn't want to do it. And he hopped on this boat and went the opposite direction. And uh, there was a storm. And he ended up telling the guys on the boat, hey, throw me over the boat because I'm the reason that you're in this turmoil. And they threw him over the boat. And he went into the water, the ocean, the sea, the lake, whatever they were on. He went into the water and he sunk down deep, way deep. Um, he sunk so deep that his hair uh, became like entangled in the uh, whatever what's that stuff called? I maybe seaweed, not seaweed, but coral or sea plantation, <laughs> sea vegetation. His hair got tangled up with the with the stuff at the bottom of the ocean, like on the floor of, of the ocean. And so that's a long trip, man, to go from the uh, above water being thrown into the water and then sinking down so deep that your hair gets kind of caught up in the in the seaweed. And so the the concept that I started developing or thinking about back then was this idea of of going all in and sinking down deep into the bottom to really find yourself because what happened to Jonah was he got swallowed by some kind of sea creature. He lived in the sea creature's belly for a few days and then got spit up on the shore. So the sea creature really was his rescue in the story the sea creature saved his life because he was tangled up in this stuff at the bottom of the ocean and he wasn't going to get out. He was going to drown. And this sea creature came and swallowed him up. And, uh, so the, uh, the concept I was thinking of was, um, I mean, we say sea creature, a lot of people say whale. Um, but I started thinking about the idea of the whales. Well, I called it the whales and the waiting. And, uh, so the idea, the concept behind the whales and the waiting is that you will, you have to go down, down deep into the deep water, the darkness, right? In, in, in the middle of a storm, make the decision to jump off the boat into the water. In this case, being thrown off the boat and into the water. But doing that in the middle of a storm and then sinking down so deep into the depth of the ocean where the sea creatures live or the whales. And that's a place that, that most people won't go. Most people don't want to go that deep in their pursuit of wholeness or their pursuit of, of um, well-being because Jonah knew that he messed up and he knew that he was in trouble. And his solution was to be thrown overboard, right, to be thrown into the water and he just went down and he sunk down deep and he was, I think he was waiting to die. Like, I'm just going to die down here and that'll be the solution. But in that depth is where he found him, his rescue and that creature, that, that whale that swallowed him. And most, so the, the concept being most people won't go down that deep. Most people won't pursue healing to that level where you go down deep where the whales live, like at a, at a depth where, Humans don't normally exist. You know, humans don't normally hang out at that depth, way down deep. And then that becoming your rescue and being 
um, fighting yourself in the belly. So in the belly we are formed, right? We are formed in our mother's belly as infants. Um, and it's in the belly of this creature that Jonah, his future was formed, where he found his his uh, purpose. And he found his, like, I've been given a second chance. And there's this whole chapter of Jonah dedicated to Jonah's prayer, like the prayer that he prayed while he was inside of his belly, the belly of this creature. Now, I don't know if this is a, I wouldn't say this is a true story, but the concepts behind the story and the, like the uh, allegorical application of the story is really like, um, has a lot of meaning. You know, you can draw a lot of meaning from the story. So I find value in it in that we were formed in the belly Jonah found himself in the belly of this creature and it's in this belly that he was formed, that his future was formed and that he found his purpose. And he would not have found that purpose if he had not gone down deep into the ocean, immersed himself fully and gone way down deep to where the whales live and found himself captured there. Um, and so... I started to develop this idea of the whales and the waiting built on this story of Jonah and that you have to immerse yourself fully. You have to go fully in 100% and go down deep in order to find your, your next level. So when last week uh, when I was talking about the curve and I was talking about how you have to uh, push forward and develop to develop new skills in order to get to the next level and that's how it is with healing and the healing process and the wanting to become whole is that you you have to learn new skills and you have to push forward and, and sometimes it feels like you're taking steps backwards but you're not you're really taking steps forward but it's going to feel a lot worse until you get until it gets better you know that was the the curve and so from the curve the idea of the curve of, of really pushing forward to the next level comes this this being in the belly. And so I've got a friend of, of mine that when we are going through difficult things or we have to make a decision, we have a decision coming up and we try to trying to figure out what to do to get to that point, we say get in the belly. Which means go into the depths of yourself, go d dig, search way down deep and wait there and just let whatever is coming after you, let it take you. Find yourself in the belly and just ride it out until you have your answer, until you have clarity, until you find your purpose in this decision, until you get to that next level. Let that, let the thing that's the scariest thing, you know, this whale, this creature that swallowed Jonah transported him to his to the shore which was safety and there he was able to um you know go about his what he felt was his purpose in life and so the uh you know I want to keep hitting on this and talk about this more as we go through um the next several weeks but the uh the, the what I want you to really grasp a hold of here is this idea of 
the whales and the waiting. Go where the whales are and wait and just wait, you know, push, pushing through to that next level to become the next, to become a better you. Finding those sources of aching pain, finding those sources of the of uh, weakness, those things where you're like, oh, gosh, I'm not good at this. Why am I not good at this? You know, maybe it's, it's uh, I don't know, some kind of frustration or some, some pain that you, something you haven't forgiven somebody for, some something that you've not learned yet, some skill that you've not learned yet. You just go down there, get where the whales are, and get in the belly. And uh, let it let it take you wherever it's got to take you. Um, but when you do that, you will experience part of this. Like the human experience that you will have will be much, much broader, much greater than the experience that you would have that a lot of other people have if you don't go into the hard stuff. If you don't pursue the hard stuff of, of life, if you don't pursue the hard stuff of healing, if you don't deal with those things, if you just try to ignore them, like, oh, you, there's no, you know, I don't want to address my childhood. I don't want to address my parents. I don't want to address this abuse. I don't want to address this thing, these things, this addiction, whatever it is, and try to act like it doesn't exist. You're never, you're not getting in the deep end for sure. You're not immersing fully you're never going to get swallowed by a whale and you're never going to find that purpose in that pain. If you're just constantly staying in the shallow end of the water and playing on the beach, you know, um, where it's safe, that's fine. You may have a fine, happy existence there, but you won't be able to give value and purpose to your pain and find those things and push through to the next layers of healing and and chase down the um, source of what is holding you back from the, from achieving your goals or you know being successful or being the best person that you can be. What's you you won't ever chase those things down if you don't get down to the hard stuff. And so for me, it became kind of a thing where I was chasing the hard stuff. I chase. I find the weakness, I find the weak point, and I go after it, I attack it. And uh, I do it, you know, kind of like one step at a time because it's very difficult and you can't, like, just take everything on at once because it's completely overwhelming. But if you take it one step at a time and you just kind of push in and push in, go into the deep, find those weak points, find those hurts, you know, and then systematically attack them um, and apply the the um, the lesson from the curve you know apply that to learning new skills and pushing through to being um, just being a better person I think so you know ultimately the goal is to to fall in love with yourself and love yourself and treat yourself uh, the way you deserve to be treated. Go get what you're worth, you know? I got a buddy that says that. Go get what you're worth. And um, sometimes it's hard to do that if you don't see what you're worth. And you're never going to fully see what you're worth if you just stay in the shallow or if you just stay on the surface 
and don't dig down deep. You're never going to fully see what you're worth. The only way you see that is to immerse yourself fully. You cannonball <laughs> off the off the shoreline into the water, and you just sink down deep, and you just find yourself in that place. Yes, it's dark and cold and scary. Um, you know, there was a the time I was probably. I think I just turned 15. I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast before. Um, I may have, but I had just turned 15, and, and I I was, like, playing in this river with family and friends, and I ended up, I almost drowned. I had kind of sunk down deep, and um, I got tangled up in this big baggy shirt I was wearing, and I, I was just, like, exhausted trying to swim up. And uh, eventually I got out, of course, you know, I'm here today, but um, it was exhausting. But one of the things that I found that was really kind of scary about the deep side of, of water is that it gets cold and it gets dark. And so I was in a place in the bottom of the water. Well, I don't know if I was in the bottom. I never found the bottom. I never touched the bottom. I just kept sinking down and down and down, and I never did touch the bottom. Um, so I don't know how deep it was, but... The uh, it was obviously very deep, um, but I just I, I I thought if I could sink down far enough, I could push off the bottom, leverage myself, push with my legs back up, and uh, get out of the water. But I just kept sinking down and down and down, and I never found the bottom, and my chest was like heaving because I was running out of air quickly, and so, um. You know, the water was dark and the water was very cold. And that's a scary place to be, you know. But neither one of those sound comfortable <laughs> most of the time to, to us as humans, right? The darkness and the cold. But that's the place I have found the most amount of growth and the most amount of healing in my life. Not literally being in the water, drowning. But being down in the depths of my soul and finding the the uh, the things that really stand out, you know, about who I am, and you know, why don't I, why don't I love me, or what is holding me back in this way, in this area, or you know the the front like what I said in the curve, um, that self talk, that voice that was like you're a huge faggot. You know, I did. I wouldn't have that that. I don't think that would have popped up if I wasn't the kind of person that that chased down that kind of stuff. If I was the kind of person that really wanted to know what my what that those secret tracks are that are playing in my head, you know, what is the secret, what is the the subliminal message that plays in my head sometimes, you know, what am I, what is in there that I'm not paying attention to that's not out in the forefront, and when, when you hear it, you know, when you find that thing, it, it, it most likely is because you went down 
into the depths of yourself and got down where it's dark and scary and cold and you waited and you listened and you tried to connect with the part of you that that is way down deep on the inside that most people don't get to. And so by chasing that feeling, by chasing that thought constantly and constantly reevaluating and finding and when you know that you've broken through and you know that you've um, succeeded in uh, in your quest for healing in that one area or whatever, um, then you go to the next thing and you go to the next thing and you go to the next thing. And I've been doing this for like almost 10 years. Um, yeah, like almost exactly 10 years I've been doing this, uh, repeatedly, you know, just a lot of, a lot of learning a lot of reading, a lot of meditation, a lot of prayer, a lot of just sitting still and listening to myself and listening to, uh, you know, being keyed in, I guess. So anyway, I don't know. I forgot to set the timer when I got back from my phone call. <laughs> I don't know where I'm at in the podcast. I don't know what time uh, signature I'm at because the recorder was running the whole time The uh, I was on the phone. So I don't know where. I really have no idea where I'm at. So I think with that, my friends, I will say that I have said it all. I have said plenty. episode the story is don't be afraid to cannonball your ass off the shoreline and jump on in there don't be afraid man that's where the good stuff happens the whales in the waiting all right peace out Mafia podcast is brought to you by me. The Smalley Mafia podcast now has a YouTube channel. You can also find us on Spotify, iTunes, Podcast Addict, Overcast, SoundCloud, and on our host site, shows.pippa.io forward slash Tamale Mafia. For more information about the Tamale Mafia podcast, Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Tamale Mafia. Our intro music is brought to you by me. Our transition music is brought to you by bensound.com. For more royalty-free music, check out bensound.com. This outro music is brought to you by Lim. For more mind-blowing intellectual electronic tracks, 
go to soundcloud.com forward slash get limb. That's L-I-M-N. And as always, thanks for listening.